in doing good things. And so, because of the beautiful spirit of Christmas, it does not matter to me if the story is true or if it is a fable. It's the principle of the story that is so beautiful. This time of year, people come together, they help each other. There's an extra kind word, extra smiles on people's faces. Oh, how I remember the beauty of Christmas morning. Oh, it starts the night before on Christmas Eve, when all through the house you can smell fresh-baked pies and all the good cooking and fixing, macaroni and cheese and collard greens and well-roasted oven turkeys, only to come together on Christmas Day around that dining room table with all of your family celebrating and feasting together in the spirit of Christmas. Christmas, the first six letters of Christmas are Christ. This is the day that we celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, Yeshua, the Christo, Jesus, the Christ. Christ, Christo, it simply means anointed one. The one that was anointed to come into this world, hang on a piece of wood, and die, sacrifice his life so that the rest of us can be all right. Now we know that there have been many, many brothers and sisters who have stood up for what was right and righteous. And they too were crucified on a piece of wood for what they believed in. But none, none of the stories match the exuberance, the holiness, of the story of Yeshua, the anointed one. And so I bid you Merry Christmas. <clears throat> you know, I'm a little late getting here today. I was actually almost on time and I ran into a gentleman there on King Street here in Wilmington, Delaware. A gentleman that I see quite often, but I didn't know who he was. But something about this gentleman just, just pulled on my heartstrings. And I'm the kind of person, I'm sure, like many of you, it doesn't have to be Christmas in order to do a good deed for someone, in order to be kind to someone, to say a kind word to someone. It doesn't have to be Christmas for me to do that, and I'm sure for many of you. But this man is homeless. He walks around downtown Wilmington. He's crippled and humpback. He's a little old white man, and he's homeless. And something about it just bothered me. 
I talked to some of the neighbors, the community here on the east side, which is where I very first, the first time I ever saw him was here on the east side. And so I inquired to some of the community about him. And I was told that the young children, the teenagers, they beat him up. They rob him. Now he's homeless and he has nothing. So what is there to rob him of? I, it just eludes me. <laughs> what are you robbing a homeless person of when they have nothing but the bag and the sacks in their little shopping cart? <laughs> and most of it is not clean, sanitary or healthy. So why would you rob them? Nonetheless, the community shared with me that on a regular basis, these young people are robbing and beating up this old white man who's humped over, crippled, and homeless. I found out today, I saw him, I was coming down King Street, and I saw him after looking for him for the last week, I've been looking for him and I, I didn't know where he is. I, I tried to visit some of the places I thought that maybe homeless people might visit. And those are some pretty scary and dangerous looking places. So I kept my doors locked to my car and my windows were rolled up. But I slowly, just slowly drove by the places that made sense to me where homeless people hang out and I could not find him. And it's so interesting, the spirit of Christ, of Christmas, really got a hold on me. I didn't know where he was and I wasn't sure when I would see him again, but I decided to create a space, if you will, on my front porch of my home, which is closed in and decorated, I believe, pretty well. I have some table and chairs and some other nice little amenities on my front porch. In the summertime, my friends and I, we like to sit on the front porch and enjoy each other's company. We might have a glass of wine and some laughs. So it's a nice front porch. I converted that front porch into a space with a little miniature heater that someone could sleep on. And I had this man in my mind. And I couldn't find him, and it was cold. It has been cold uh, a couple of nights this week, last week. It was cold. It was really, really, really cold, like 27 degrees cold. And coming down King Street today, on my way here to the studio, I saw him. I pulled over and immediately jumped out of my car, saying, hey, hey, you. From his crippled and humpback position, he did the best he could to stand up and look and see who was calling him. I walked over to him. I said, hi. It's me. I've been looking for you. Where have you been? He said, oh, hello. I remember you. B 
because whenever I do see this man, I always speak to him. And although, you know, money is tight, cash is tight. I will not lie about that. Cash is tight. But if I had $2 or $3 or $5 bill, I would give it to him so that he could get a hot cup of coffee, perhaps a sandwich or, I don't know, a snack, something. And I always made him promise me, you won't use this for drugs or alcohol, to which he faithfully would promise me that. Today, I was able to talk with him and find out his name. His name is Jimmy. I don't know his last name. We didn't get that far. But I gave Jimmy my address and my phone number. And I invited Jimmy that when it is cold out, or if you need to be safe, call this number, my cell phone number, and I will open my front porch to you. Now, I'm the kind of person, I would do that in the middle of July to give someone a safe haven. But it really bothered me. 27 degrees outside, and this old crippled man is getting beat up and accosted and robbed on a regular basis. That bothered me. It pierced my soul, my spirit. And so today I open my home to little Jimmy. I seek nothing in return from him. Absolutely. There is nothing he can give me but kindness in return. And I seek nothing else from him. We made the arrangement that he would call me at a specific time and I will open my porch, my home, to little Jimmy. He promised he will not drink. He doesn't do drugs, but he does like to have a little sip of the syrup. But he will not sip syrup while he is on my property. I respect that. And we'll see whether or not he's telling the truth and if he's honorable to his word. For which if he is, well, the possibilities are endless. But I feel better knowing that he is on my front porch than roaming the streets where people, young or old, black or white, can accost him, beat him up, and rob him. They won't be able to do that. Not anymore, as long as he's on my front porch. And I'm telling you this story because I want to remind everyone of what you already know. Christmas is not about presents, gifts that you bought from Macy's and Lord and Taylor's and Boscov's and J.C. Penney's. It's, and you put them under the tree that full of toys and mechanical devices that do all kinds of funny mechanical things or brand new coats and shoes and hats and fancy gear and wear. That's not what Christmas is about. 
And so many of us have lost that. We rush to buy Christmas trees the day after Thanksgiving. We, 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 we fill our credit cards up to the point of some of us go into debt. And it'll take all year until next Christmas to pay off those credit card debts for the gifts we buy this year that will probably have no more meaning to us by next Christmas. Absolutely out of date, out of style, and out of time. But we do it. We spend hundreds, even thousands of dollars. Worldwide, it's millions and millions of dollars that we spend to keep all of these stores in the black, to keep all of them running. And trust me, it's a temptation. It is a temptation for me because I love a nice pair of boots. I must have 35 pair of boots. That's not including my shoes. <laughs> I know I have a, a coat to match every single pair of boots. But why? I can only wear one coat and one pair of boots at a time. So how about I just keep wearing the boots that I have, even if they go vintage, then I'll just rock a vintage look. It's okay if they're three, four, five Christmases old. It's all right. I'll go vintage. I think the message that I'm trying to share with you and that many of you have already picked up on, Christmas is about giving and it is about giving gifts, but they are gifts that cannot be measured under a tree. They are gifts that must be measured from the heart. They are gifts of kindness. They are gifts of love. As I stated last Saturday in my broadcasting report, the money that it would take for you to put hundreds of dollars worth of gifts under a tree, you could sacrifice one gift and support a homeless shelter for a homeless child to make sure a child has a decent meal and a shower, a bath, can wash their hair and brush their teeth, the basics that, that many, many of us may take for granted. I brush my teeth three or four times a day after every single meal. I'm, I'm asphyxiated, asphyxiated on having a bright white smile. That means something to me, probably because I'm a cigarette smoker and I don't want it to show. But we take it for granted. The greatest gift that we can give anyone during this or every, every, any Christmas season is the gift of love. Support a homeless child to a hot meal and a, and a kind, warm, friendly hug. A kind word that says it's going to be all right. Many of the children that are homeless are simply homeless because they've run away from the homes that they lived in because there's something going on in the house that is not conducive for their well-being. And they would rather be in the streets homeless than to be in a 
volatile, hostile house, home environment. So please, this Christmas, as we open presents under the tree and the music and the carols are playing in the background and we prepare for a feast of holiday treats, delicious dinners and delicious pies. Oh, how I remember, how I remember the most beautiful of Christmases. They have all gone past now, but I remember them. Beautiful memories. The family all gathered together and we would always say why we were thankful and appreciative that we live to see another day as family. In my own ignorance, I don't know why, but in my own ignorance, I never thought that those days would come to an end for me and my family. I thought they would last forever, that I would always have my mom baking pies on Christmas Eve and Justin, my son, preparing, wrapping uh, his version <laughs> of a gift and putting it under a tree. Wonderful memories of days and Christmases gone by. I no longer celebrate the day of Christmas, but I celebrate the energy of the Christ principles all year long. It can be July, August, September, it doesn't matter to me. Christmas, Christ, the spirit of Christ should be in our hearts, our minds, our souls all year long. So maybe this Christmas you spent up all your money on putting gifts under the tree and you have nothing left to offer a homeless child or a homeless adult. But if you can take and spare one plate of food from your dinner table this day, get in your vehicle or walk or whatever you have to do, share a meal with someone who is sleeping under the railroad tracks, someone who is living under the bridge, someone who finds shelter down by the docks. Offer someone a kind word for the spirit, the spirit of Christ, Miss. Christmas. This is my prayer. This is my request, my petition of each and every one of you within the sound of my voice. And so you are listening to Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise. Justice movement a movement that hopes to change the narrative and to restore justice and equality across the board for all, not just some.
Many of us know the statistics. We know the history. We already know why we're in the scenario that we're in. It was designed hundreds of years ago. It was put into place for things to be exactly as they are today in our American justice systems. The Congress, 1930, 1933, and then again in 1960s, there were laws and rules put into place that would last us way beyond 2021. That massively incarcerates a particular group or nationality of people that would redline a particular group or nationality of people so that they are not allowed to purchase homes in the finer neighborhoods. We realize that we're at least 247 years behind the economic eight ball to certain nationalities that have that advantage on us, that privilege over other nationalities. We know that. But as we prepare to move forward, as we move forward into our greatness, into our exceptional excellence, into our godliness, as my brother T.T., Timeless Thomas, Big Deezy, you know how we do. I can't speak it the way he does. I love the way he does it. Big Deezy, you know how we do what we do. <coughs> so as we move into the spirit of our godliness of 2022, let us take the spirit of Christ, Christ, Miss into that far beyond into restorative justice for all take down the red lines give people fair and honorable employment fair equitable employment give them jobs treat them right you cut one nationality a break and you give them an ankle bracelet and send them home while other people, you, you incarcerate them. Let's not do that. If one gets an ankle bracelet, the other one gets an ankle bracelet. If one has to go to prison for a certain amount of time for a particular crime, the other one has to go to prison for a certain amount of time for that same particular crime. The wheels turn slowly. The wheels turn slowly, but they do turn. And I am thankful that they are turning. Now I could sit here and call out names of the authentic people that I've had the good fortune and the good pleasure of meeting, uh, collaborating with, building relationships with, the people that have a genuine and honest, sincere heart 
and mind to be restorative in our justice systems. And I could also sit here and tell you the people who are fake, who just want, <laughs> just want their name in the lights, who just want their names to be posted somewhere. And perhaps they just want you to vote at the ballots. Oh yeah, voting season is coming and let us be mindful. May the work that I do speak for me. If you have not been working with restorative justice and commutating or commuting people's papers to get out of jail all year long, why are you looking for votes at the, at the ballots come voting season when you have not released one incarcerated human being who was over-sentenced or falsely sentenced? And you and I all know people, I've had them right here on the show. One of my dear friends, I don't get to keep in touch with him anymore and I don't know where he is. Brother Elmer Daniels, falsely incarcerated for 38 years for allegedly raping a white girl who in actuality and in truth had had sex with two white boys, did not want her family to know about it, and so she blamed it on the black guy. Much like the woman in the park with the dog that calls the police and tells them that a black man is accosting her and whatever else she said in the park with the dog, when you look at the video, she's about to hang or strangle the dog pulling the dog away from this man who is doing nothing to her. She has since then made a public apology. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, how people feel in private is what they will show you in public. Oh yes, we're all being very careful now to watch our language and, and make sure that we're inclusive and uh, that we don't offend people and uh, we say all the nice things and you know we're all being on our best behavior, tippy-toes, uh, to make sure that we don't say anything negative or derogatory about uh, certain scenarios that are taking place in the world today. Instead, we're being inclusive we're not going against the grain because other people would think that we're bad people. And yet for anyone, anyone who actually picks up a Bible and actually reads it, and even more, anyone who follows the principles or the discipleship of Christ, if you're celebrating Christmas then you're, a, you're also a disciple of Christ. Is it safe to say that? Or are you just being fake? You celebrate Christmas, but you have nothing to do with Christ. I don't know. I'm just asking a question. But for the true disciples of Christ, if you read the Bible, you know there are things that are taking place. There are people who are behaving in a manner that is ungodly to almighty divine God. But we won't say anything because we want to be politically correct and inclusive. And we want to embrace all people regardless of their sins. Okay.
I'm all right with that too. We all have different sins. Some of us are alcoholics. Some of us are drug addicts. Some of us are homosexuals. Some of us are confused and mental ill. We got all kind of issues going on in the world that we live in today. But we must not say anything. We must be polite and politically correct. Whatever you do, do not offend man, even if it offends God. It's okay to offend God because you've got Jesus who will uh, atone you for your sins. It's okay if you offend God, but do not offend man, right? Well, I don't believe in that. I have to be politically correct. I realize that. I realize that I must be politically correct, but let me tell you something, and I firmly believe this. In a world full of deceit and lies and treacheries and debaucheries, the human ego can cause havoc on another human being. Being able to stand up and speak truth to life is an act of revolution, and I am a revolutionary. Some of you hate me. Some of you love me. Some of you think I'm worse than dog poo-poo. Some of you think I'm the greatest thing since cotton candy. And that's all fine and well. But you know what? Your opinion of me, your thoughts about me are not as important to me as what almighty divine God thinks of me. I want to know that I am being right and proper and loving in the eyesight that I am pleasing to almighty divine God, not man. Your opinions of me, your thoughts about me, whether you love me, you hate me, you think I'm dog doo-doo, that's not going to get me into this place they've called heaven, if that really exists. Your opinion of me is not going to put food on my table. But God's opinion of me, God's pleasing in me, knowing that I am standing up for what is right, and that I am a revolutionary and I do speak the truth, like it or not, that is what is important to me. You cannot send me to heaven, but I know the one that can. So it is to that one that I will be honorable and truthful to. I don't want to offend man. I don't want to say or do things that hurt other people's feelings. I hate that. I don't like doing that. But I have a very strong moral compass. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it came from my mother or perhaps it came from the Holy Divine Spirit. I'm not sure. But I have a very strong moral compass. I do know right and I do know what is not right. And I will do my best as a human being to do as much right and as much good as I possibly can. That's not to say I won't fall short. It's not to say I won't miss the mark at times, but it will not be intentional or malicious. I've got my ego under control. It's in a harness 
So when I feel like cursing somebody out because they've been an absolute mess, just a whole mess, and I want to curse them out and give them a piece of my fire, the Holy Divine Spirit says, uh, 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 put your ego in check, Rochelle, leave that to me, so saith the Holy Divine Spirit. You can call it karma, punishment, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but I know firsthand from my own experiences <laughs> that what goes around comes around. You maliciously and egotistically hurt people, oh, you're going to get it back. And it may not come to you. It might attack your family. So be mindful. Be mindful of what you do, your actions and your ego. Put your ego in check. Get a harness on your ego. Yeah. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise. I started a movement for justice, restorative justice, that makes it fair and equal all the way across the board. Now, I can't tell you the numbers and the statistics of how many people are receiving my message, how many people's lives do I touch every Saturday, because I don't miss a Saturday. Something's very wrong if I don't show up at this station on a Saturday or have someone in, in place in this seat on a Saturday. I don't miss it. Today is Christmas, but I'm here because that's my commitment to you. I don't know how many lives I touch, how many thoughts I provoke, when I'm off the air, do you go and think about what I'm saying? Does it cause you to alter some of your life and the way you think about things? Or do you just go on whistling Dixie after the report is done and you just go on whistling Dixie like I was never even here on the radio? Well, that's your choice too. But I promise you this, for those of you that would listen for those of you that would lend ear to what I am saying, you got to know it's not coming from me. I am just the conduit that is bringing you the message. There is something greater inside of me, something that I'm connected to that gives me my message every Saturday. Something greater than myself gives me a message every Saturday and I bring it to you. For those that would hear it, hallelujah. For those that would close their ears, hallelujah. What is for you in divine time is yours and what you do not receive at that moment may not be for you at that moment, perhaps later, perhaps a situation or a life circumstance will evolve in your life. And out of nowhere, when you thought you weren't even listening, you thought you weren't even paying attention, 
or you thought, oh, that girl's talk, that crazy woman, she's just as crazy as dog doo-doo. I don't listen to her because she's eccentric and she's a revolutionary. And yet at this defining moment in your life, something happens and all of a sudden, words pop into your head. You can hear my voice, the message that I delivered maybe last year, six months ago, three months ago, whatever, but you hear it. And perhaps it'll save your life. Perhaps it will stop you from doing what you were about to do, make you pull back and say, nope, I'm going to get a handle on my ego. I'm going to get a handle on my ego. The ego is a good thing. God gave it to us for a reason. It's fight or flight. The ego helps you to know when you need to fight or flight. Get the hell out of someplace. Get going. Leave. Or fight. Stand up. Boom. Put your dukes up. It's important to have an ego. But it's even more important to have a healthy ego. Which constantly reminds us that really, for real, for real, we are all in this together. We all share this planet Earth. So taking that to the next message, something that's been heavy on my heart. I go to some neighborhoods and the streets are pristine clean. If you looked for a piece of trash, you wouldn't be able to find it. I get out in front of my house every single week, at least once every week on a, on a clear day when the weather is decent and I sweep and I clean up all the trash, put it in my trash receptacles. I get my broom and my dustpan and a trash receptacle and I get out in the streets and I sweep. And we've got young kids who live in my neighborhood. So young people do whatever young people do. Not all of them do the same things, but enough of them do what they do. So I'm sweeping in front of my house, all up the street to the corner where the young people live and all the way back down. I'm sweeping up the trash. Now imagine if all of us did that. Imagine if the car that comes up the street actually waits to get to a trash can instead of rolling down the window and throwing their eating uh, Chick-fil-A out the window. The box of Chick-fil-A trash out the window. Imagine what kind of streets, what kind of world would we live in if we all contributed to keeping it clean? Now, I know some of us are a little prissy and we think we're too good to pick up a broom and get out and sweep a street. Oh, no, I can't get my fingernails dirty. <laughs> well, I really don't have a comment for that. All I can do is laugh. But just imagine how clean our streets would be if we stopped throwing trash out the windows and out the, how, wherever, the how, wherever we're throwing it from. Or if we picked up a broom, a dustpan, and a trash receptacle and got out there once a week and swept it up and cleaned it. And taught the young people not to throw cans and trash and food out. How about that? 
I never forget the time that I was doing one of my sweeping frenzies. It was during the summer. And I went all up my block, the block that I live on, and decided to go into the next block and just kind of get that right there on the corner. And I had a drug dealer come over and tell me, don't mess with the trash in front of his house. I said, excuse me? I'm trying to clean it up and make it nice for all of us. He's like, you can sweep everywhere you want, but do not sweep the trash in front of my house. Well, of course I had to respect that. It's his house. I was mad as hell about it, but I didn't sweep it. I swept everywhere else and put it in the trash can and went on about my business. Talked to a friend later and told them of the experience that I had had. And they told me because drug dealers put products in trash to hide it from the police. And it's, I'm like, really? They hide it in trash, pieces of trash, bags, you know, little potato chip bags or whatever. And uh, so the police can't uh, accuse them of having drugs. And the truth of the matter is when they want the drugs, they just go over to that piece of trash, whatever it is, a can or a bag or whatever. They get the drugs, they sell the drugs, and then they walk away until the next customer comes. I was flabbergasted. I said, wow, I'm really an old fogey here because I didn't know about any of that. I hadn't, I never knew that that's, that's a drug dealer's um, stash place is in the trash in front of his house. I was, I was floored by that. But I've stopped sweeping up on that particular block. I don't even know if the drug dealer still lives there or not. I have no clue. But I stopped sweeping on that block. Because the last thing I want is a whole bunch of drama where I've swept up this drug dealer's stuff, his stash, and put it in the trash can. <laughs> and now he's looking for his drugs. So I, I, I can't, uh, what can I say? Can't do that anymore. But this earth that we all share is ours. Shouldn't we keep it clean? Not throw trash in our water supply over in the river and across the lakes and over in the streams and it leads out to the ocean and all of our fish and all of the whales and the sharks and all of our sea life is in the ocean with the trash because we decided not to put it in a trash receptacle. Does this make any sense to anyone? Is anyone grabbing a hold of this? The earth we have to live on and leave it for our posterity. Perhaps, maybe, if we're lucky enough, we've got another 100, 200, 300 years before the earth, uh, you know, just does what it's going to do anyway, because the earth is going to do something at an appointed time. The earth is going to change drastically. But until that day comes, what if we did start protecting it, protecting our water? supplies and our earth and our air clean air how about that what if we did that me sweeping up by myself once a week maybe that doesn't make a big difference it's just one little person sweeping up once a week and usually i sweep on a i don't know a wednesday uh, by thursday friday the trash is back out on the street to which i'll i won't sweep but i will pick it up and put it in a trash can 
But maybe my little bit doesn't mean anything in the big scheme of things of the whole world. But if all of us did it, if everyone chimed in on protecting planet Earth, maybe, maybe, perhaps we would have a bit more than 100, 200 or 300 years. Oh, sure, we'll all be gone. But what about our children's children's children? What will we leave them if we don't protect Earth now, today? What will we leave them? What will they be? What will they have if we don't do it today? So that's my two cents in that cookie jar. That's my two cents on that particular issue. And in closing, I have one more thing I'd like to share with you. I'm sorry, I had to get some of that, uh, <laughs> that strawberry, blueberry, uh, raspberry yogurt smoothie into my body. It's loaded with turmeric and honey. Really, really very good for me. Um, but I want to share with you. I'm sending a very special shout out to a friend of mine who works out every day. He's on a very uh, routine schedule, uh, health regimen, vitamin regimen. Uh, this friend of mine works out, rides bikes, goes swimming, does all of these amazing, healthy things. This friend of mine also got the COVID vaccine and their booster. And that friend is now home with COVID. So, point well made. I won't talk dirty about the COVID vaccine I've said it, if you look at any of my reports, or if you go back and trace them, you know what my thoughts are on the COVID vaccine and its effectiveness against the COVID influenza virus. So I won't, I won't sound like a broken record, but what I do wanna tell all of you is please be willing to try something called Zarbi's Black Elderberry Syrup. Zarbi's, Z-A-R-B-E-E-S. Zarbi's Black Elderberry Syrup. You can take it directly in a little teaspoon. You can add it to your fruit smoothies. You can do it however you wanna do it. But ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you strenuously to get it in your body on a regular basis. I take Zarbies, a teaspoon of Zarbies every single day, a teaspoon of honey every single day. I've been doing that for years, which is probably why I have not been sick outside of the seasonal cold, uh, the season change. I, I caught a little cold. That put me down for about three, four days. I stayed on my Zarbies and I stayed on my honey. My B uh, complexes, my vitamin C, 
I, I did what I always and have always been doing. So after about four days, I was back up on my feet. The only thing left over was a little bit of a cough, just clearing out the last part of it. Get that garlic up in you, ladies and gentlemen. Get a teaspoon of garlic in you. Put it in something. I don't know. You can put garlic in almost anything. And trust me when I tell you, garlic in anything will cleanse the body. And it will, you will use the bathroom and feel clean. The toxins will be cleansed. Get the garlic up in you, ladies and gentlemen. Real authentic garlic, not that powder stuff you buy at the supermarket. It's imitation powder. No, I'm talking real garlic. Get it in you. These are the things that keep you healthy, that keep you strong, that build your immune system so that you can fight off infections and viruses and diseases. I've given you the answers. I can't tell you don't take the vaccine because over 89 million Americans, more than that, really, I haven't checked the numbers. Last I saw 89 million Americans have taken the vaccine, probably more like 189 million at this point, And they're giving it to our children, our babies. God help us. God help our babies who are being inoculated with this vaccine. And it doesn't even work. But Americans, human beings in general, human beings do not like to admit when, they, when they've when they been wrong. Oh my goodness, how they hate it. They hate it to admit that they were wrong or that they were bamboozled into something, that they were herded like sheep into doing something. Oh, I took it because they took it or I took it because Dr. Fauci said so. Okay. But what Dr. Fauci never told any of us, what are the side effects to taking the vaccine? We never got that. And yet every commercial on TV that is offering you a shot for this or the shingles or the uh, monococcal something, fluenza, I can't even say the name of half of that stuff. But all these different diseases, diseases, all these viruses and infections and health concerns that all these human beings have in the world, they always tell you, what are the side effects? They give it to you in a little teeny, a little teeny box on the side. They tell you the side effects, but at least they tell you. They never told us. What are the side effects of taking the COVID-19 vaccine? Never told us what the side effects were. Every single person who took the vaccine was used as a guinea pig. We'll know what the side effects were when human beings start to step to the forefront with this or that or something else is wrong with them. And then you trace it back to the vaccine. Oh, well, you have this. Your brain is going crazy because <laughs> I'm not going to get on that soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. I'm simply letting you know if you want to stay healthy and build a strong immune system, get the honey. Mother Nature has given us everything we need to stay healthy and strong. Honey, so many antioxidants, I can't even name them all. Lemon is a natural astringent. It will clean the liver. The liver is like um, is like a, a net for our bodies. It sort of 
you know, takes everything in. So if you want to clean that liver, get your some get some lemon. Start sucking on lemons or put it lemon water. That's the best way to get it. Put a lemon in the water, drink it and be happy. Get your honey, get your Zarbi's black elderberry, all natural. Why are you taking synthetics when you could have what's natural? Mother Nature gave you everything that you need to stay healthy. That's my two cents in the cookie jar. I'm not changing my story. For those of you who know, you know. For those of you who, who don't know, that's fine too. Americans, human beings in general, period, they hate to admit when, they're, when they've made a mistake. Hate it. Hate to break down and say, I was wrong. Hate to say I was wrong. So you keep your argument, whatever your argument is about why you should take the vaccine and why you should give it to our precious little babies, all of our children. God knows I pray for our babies. For all of the parents out there who have been bamboozled into thinking they should give it to the children, I pray for you and those children and the side effects that they will deal with later. But as for today, as I started this broadcast, I will end it the same. The spirit of Christ, Christmas, is not just for today. It is from this Christmas to next Christmas. Let us offer love, kindness, a hug, a kind word, help someone. People all over the world need help in some area. Some need it here, some need it over there. Perhaps you're their next door neighbor. Perhaps you live down the street or maybe you're all the way across the world from them. But if you can help them, isn't it your obligation as a Christ, Christian disciple of Christ? Isn't it your obligation to help them? Reach out, extend a helping hand from now until Christmas, Christmas of 2022. Be good to each other. Be kind and loving because that, that is the greatest gift that you can possibly give or receive on Christmas is the gift of love. I'm Rochelle Wilson. For those of you who tuned in, I thank you. I pray that you are well. And until we meet again on next Saturday, until we meet again, remember, it's all right to be a revolutionary. Stand up. Tell the truth. Not to be offensive or hurtful, but in a loving way, tell the truth. Because God's opinion of you is so much more relevant than man's opinion of you. I wish you a Merry Christmas, everyone. And Kwanzaa starts tomorrow. I love Kwanzaa because Kwanzaa does not have to have any particular religion or any reliance. It is simply a, a week of seven beautiful principles that we can all follow to be better human beings for ourselves and the world, the earth that we live upon. All right. Take care, everybody. God loves you. And so too do I. 
I return you to our Christmas music. Peace and grace and Merry Christmas. Oh, <sighs>